Welcome to episode nine of The Lobby, where we talk and make you feel like you are in the lobby of River City Church. So my name is Aaron. And I'm Becky. And we are once again recording live from the kitchen table. So anyway, Becky. Yes. Everybody is on the edge of their seat. And when I say everybody, I mean probably no one. What <laughs> did we do for our Sunday drive? Well, it was a good Sunday drive. Yeah, this, Unexpected. Yeah, this one actually didn't. Well, I mean. None of I, them have been bad. They've been yeah. good. This was good. This was good. So I found out about Whitewater Canyon because I Googled overlooks in Iowa near me or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was unsure as to um, if it was an overlook over by Balltown where you just park and look at it. But this, there was a little bit of a walk to the overlook. Yeah. And so that was good. Because you basically had to go through a field. A field with like mowed paths kind yeah it was of. like quasi prairie grass yeah and then then there was this really cool overlook where you were it was you were basically on a cliff side with yes. rocks and there were actually signs that said no um no rock climbing or repelling. yeah we saw that to we which were i was like, like we're in cascade i don't think that's a, yeah that's not a thing like why that, is that yeah did the sign company send that here by accident yes but it was actually really cool so you were on you were so high up that you were on the same level as the eagles and the vultures that yeah. were like circling around and everything so there was this river bend mm-hmm. down below and like it was it was really cool it was really cool Shocked. For sure. Shocked. Who yeah. knew? This little gem. And there were other trails. We just did the one trail to the Overlook, and then we kind of went down through the woods a little bit more. Because the walk was kind of like, meh, until you got to the woods, and then it was cool. But I feel like there were a lot of other ways to go around in the woods besides the way that we did. So mm-hmm. it's definitely worth revisiting for the Morrow family. Yeah. Man, that was... That was well, well over 100 feet down. Oh, yeah. Um, Maybe 200 feet? I don't know. 200 feet? I'm really bad at that. But I thought it was interesting that there was no railing. Yeah. Or no anything. It was just like, there's the cliff. There's the cliff. Careful. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was really interesting. Yeah. So, anyway. So, so we're kind of in the the dog days of, uh, if you want to call this quarantine, you want to call it whatever you want to call it. Um, right woof world lockdown so how are you so how are you doing where's your heart and your mindset at like how would you describe that well i think i'm ready for a break of it (laughs) (laughs) that's not how it works uh yeah i don't know i feel like my mindset hasn't been the best today i just kind of am over it you know Mm -hmm. which I think everybody's over it, so it's not like everyone else is thinking, oh, this is great, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I just am feeling a little over it. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing's, like, going poorly, but I think I just kind of wish we could be back to being regular. So, you know, I I guess I'm kind of tired of, like, things being disappointing to the girls, you know, like with school, like we talked about last time, and I think it just would be nice to have something surprisingly great and happy come <laughs> <laughs> And I think to know that there's an end date, which that's unrealistic, obviously. But yeah, so I think I was reading today in New Morning Mercies and it was talking about having like, you know, a mindset of things above and 
not on earth and stuff. So I think that was a good challenge as a reminder of how I'm thinking. Like, am I thinking about what's just right here and now and what's temporary? Or am I thinking of, you know, long-term things that, like, God desires to grow in me and in our family and stuff like that? Even though I still would like a little break. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's room for both of those. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. But... Yeah, I think for me, um, I, I, you know, we've talked about this. Like, I, I feel like I'm staying pretty positive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like you're definitely being positive. Yeah, and in the evenings, I'm just kind of just putting my head down and getting the cabinets painted mm-hmm. and everything like that. Sometimes, but um, <laughs> yeah, and... I think it's hard to separate in your life. It's hard to separate <laughs> uh, drudging through the painting the cabinets and the pandemic. It's kind of like hard hard to separate those things yeah and it's encouraging that they're looking really good as i do it mm-hmm. so that's a good um yeah and i think uh shannon massengill he's in our small group and he mentioned several weeks ago uh, during one of our small group zoom calls that he has a really oh gosh what do you say like a love-hate relationship or a complicated relationship mm-hmm. with routine yeah yeah and i think that that was a really great way to put it because I completely resonate with that. Like there are yeah. sometimes I'm just like, I hate routine and I, I like not having an office cause I can go to various places and everything. Right. And I can just, um, you know, there's, there's aspects of like, I like a, um, the job of a pastor whereby like, there's kind of like a hundred things that you do and instead right. of just one thing that you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but there's that, but then also, uh, <laughs> like, uh, sometimes there's just too much variety sometimes like in this, uh, I don't know, some degree of predictability I think would be good for right. me and my heart Yeah. during this time. So, Well, routine is good for people in general because it eliminates decision-making, you know? Yeah, I suppose there is a decision-making fatigue that happens. Yeah, that when you right. don't have a routine, it's just, and I think I get, I feel like that towards the end of the day where I've just made a lot of decisions or answered a lot of questions and I feel like, well, we emptied out that jar of decision making and yeah, let's just watch some prices right that we've recorded. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's that's like routines are almost you know, when you need variety, routines are made to be postponed, but mm-hmm. You know, because that allows for you to, like, get back into one if you have one to begin with. But, yeah, you're right. This endless lack of whatever mm-hmm. can be a bit. I didn't tell you this, but I was this morning I was on a Zoom call with Tim Kimberly, who's a church planter that River City yeah. financially supports on a monthly basis. Uh, so he's planting a church in uh, Collins, Iowa, population 400 in right. central Iowa. Um, Tim's really great. So he, he was saying that uh, he's... He's been reading Daniel, the book of Daniel in the Old, Old Testament lately. Okay. And he's, <laughs> I mean, he's not in the end time stuff. Okay, I'm lab, like buckling up for some Dan <laughs> oh, Rev here. Gosh. Okay. Like, no, he's not in that dark space. <laughs> but so the the first half or two thirds of the book, it's like, it's really about um, Daniel and his buddies. Um, you know, they were just hijacked and held, held captive, like taken right. out of. Uh, out of Israel and brought into Babylon, mm-hmm. and they were there for seventy years, and they didn't really have a 
they didn't know they were going to be there for 70 no years. No end date. <laughs> yeah, there was no end date, and there was a lot of disruption, and they just yeah. embraced the disruption, and they weren't like, man, when is this? I just want to get back to normal. I want to go back right now. It's just like they just really, in a good way, embraced it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I realized there's limitations to that parallel because, right. like, there is an end date at some point to this where mm-hmm. it will get to back to some semblance of normal for sure. So, I mean, this isn't like being <laughs> taken captive and brought out to Babylon. Right. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, he's been, he's like, you know, that's been helpful for me. Just like, there are some ways that God's calling me to embrace the disruption. Right. And that's just a good way to look like, at it. okay, well, this is what God has for us, right? And has for right. my church right now, for me right now, for my family right now. And um, so, you know. No, that's true. So, yeah, so that, was, that was good. That was good. So, anyway, so for the podcast today, so we yeah. so I have some questions for you. Ooh. This isn't a creative segment. These are just questions that I okay, have for you. Okay, bring it. So, um, so these are just, these are things that I just like hearing you talk about. So. <laughs> well, hopefully other people like hearing me talk about it know. too. <laughs> so, uh, so this is kind of like Becky unplugged a okay. little bit. So we can banter about this too. So, so first question is, um, I would love for you to talk about. Why are you so fascinated with the Amish? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I've got anecdotes. Yeah. Well, I think it starts. <laughs> it starts with it my is... deep and abiding love of Little House on the Prairie. Oh, I thought you were going to say for Amish romance novels. I'm no. Like, are you going to no, go no, there? No. no, no. <laughs> have, you read the, have you read those? I've read like one or two in the dog days of being at cedar campus those were like some of the only library books in our church library that i could check out maybe that is another reason why i want to like flamethrow the up but like anyway um just a deep and abiding love for little house on the prairie i growing up i loved little house on the prairie i would pretend that my bike was a horse we were playing really <laughs> that was did like, you have a name for your horse feel like my gut is to say it was shadow but I'm not Ooh, because sure. gracie's horse is penelope oh yeah her bike horse <laughs> so cute but um i mean we're talking i really i anytime we would play pretend my name was laura ingalls i was in this play this church play when i was little and it was old-fashioned so then i had this like old-fashioned dress like laura ingalls wilder time and i wore it to school Mm-hmm. Just embracing it. I was in third grade, probably. Was it a, was it was it a dress? Was it a dress-up day or? <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. Pretty sure it was regular. It was the eighties. I feel like people just did stuff. Uh, That's what they're gonna say about like twenty years from now. They're gonna say that about now. <laughs> totally. So I just had just an abiding love for it. I. I mean, and there are things about that that linger even today. I really think it's cool to make my own bread, like I've talked about. Um, I, you know, whenever we lose power, which thankfully isn't very often, I just feel this, like, low-grade shame. I'm like, Laura didn't need power. (laughs) Why should I need power? And then then I think, well, Laura had a wood-burning stove, and she had gas lamps and whatever, so she could 
carry on without it. I just don't even have those things. See, I've thought, I've given this thought. I really wish I could garden. I feel optimistic. I didn't tell you this yet. I was texting with Liz because I've I've stayed on top of this sourdough starter that I'm growing for two weeks. That's a lot. That's really long for me for something that doesn't make noise to take care of it. Yeah. And so I'm feeling hopeful that I could maybe handle some herbs, maybe growing some herbs. Oh, you're talking about on our deck? On our deck. Oh. Oh, I don't. I we're like, not tilling the you ground. You want me to dig up something? No, no. You're like, you want me to dig up something that you're going to kill off in four days? No, thank you. No, but I feel optimistic, you know, now that I have this habit that I could just transition that discipline over to herbs. But I, but I really, I just the whole idea of growing something and preparing it and eating it and preserving it. I just think that's so fascinating. That comes from a little house. So I think looking at Amish people feels like if Laura was right here, right now. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's what it starts from. Mm-hmm. I do think people who live in the olden days, but currently right now, it just fascinates me. I always think when... So I, we, I used to live in Wausau, Wisconsin. I was a bank teller, and they had a decent amount of Amish people. I mean, not a lot, but... Well, they would come in? They had ATM cards, and I'm like this. I don't know if that's okay. I mean, I realize that your ATM card doesn't have electricity on it, but you need electricity to use it. Hmm. You know, and I do feel like they, they're they pretty slick with the rules there with the Amish. You can... Use somebody else's electricity, but not your own, hmm. and you know all that kind of stuff. So I just think it's super interesting, like the way that they look at the world and the way that they're so dramatically set apart. And then I wonder, are they judging me or are they jealous oh. that I'm just driving a car? Huh. So it's just really fascinating. You know, there was this. I had a friend who lived in Cuba City. Yeah. And he said he knew a bunch of Amish over there. And he said that, <laughs> no, I don't know if this is fully true, but uh-huh. I'm just repeating what I heard. So he said that uh, they told him, you can basically send any appliance. Like you can buy a KitchenAid mixer or an oven uh-huh. or whatever, or a refrigerator, and you ship it to some place in Pennsylvania and to the some Amish factory okay jerry rigging place so like yeah. they so then they modify whatever appliance that is yeah into um so that it's not run by electricity it's run by compressed air oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so he said they have stuff it's just not run by electricity. It's just run by compressed air. Well, what what runs compressed air? This is where my, my knowledge completely breaks down because I just don't understand that. Because I feel, because yeah. I feel like okay, I understand wanting a kitchen, <laughs> obviously, yeah. and a refrigerator. Yeah. But it's so it's just so interesting. Like you can get around it. Yeah, because like I've because I've wondered with like if that is true. Right. Okay. Um. Because I don't know many Amish personally so maybe it's not true (laughs) but I mean is that the version of Amish legalism like let's just like there's the letter of the rule so we can skirt around it and not get Mm -hmm. at the heart of the rule Mm -hmm. so like there's just like that's their own version of like hyper legalism yeah no that makes sense so like with 
which there are Christians who have that same right. sort of mindset. Right. You know. But we just wear regular clothes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and then you have the Mennonites who are like quasi Amish. Only they wear bright. They wear colors. The Amish wear solids that are, listen to me, <laughs> are like black, brown, and dark green. But the Mennonites, they would wear maybe like pink with like a pattern on it. But it still looks very Little House on the Prairie. Hmm. And they have the bonnets and stuff. Do you remember when we lived in Platteville and Aaliyah was two years old? And she was a really early talker, so I mean, yeah. very fluent. And um, So she knew that the the Amish rode their horses to Walmart. Yeah. And so when she would see the Amish... There was like oh, yeah, one... we were at Aldi. Was she saw Aldi? an Amish lady, and she was like, Mom, where's their horse? I was like, shh, shh, yeah. shh, shh, shh. Stop. stop talking about the horses. <laughs> I mean, because... Aldi in Platteville, it had a hitching post. And so did Walmart. <laughs> so did Walmart. Over by the automotive area, which just kind of yeah. blows your mind a little. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I never mm-hmm. thought about the irony of that. Yeah. Hmm. So I do. I just think it's really interesting, you know, and I think the whole Rumpspringer is interesting. <laughs> where it's like you get a did chance. You, did you I rolled my you R. You rolled your R. Maybe it should be more of a German guttural R. <laughs> Because that seems to be, but when I I was in my friend Kim's wedding and she lived in Pennsylvania and they had Amish neighbors, and their Amish neighbor came to their wedding. Really? And I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I also we would always go to the same well to the farmers market in Platteville and there was this Mennonite family that gave me their phone number. Oh, I remember, remember that. that? Because they were like... That was so weird. Yeah. They were like, oh, if you ever need a babysitter, let us know. And I was like, I can't believe you just gave me your phone number. And I wanted to say like... Because I would chat with them like all the time. Naomi. And she would tell me what they did for fun and how they would go to, you know, we, oh, we're going to a barn singing. And they would just raucously <laughs> sing in a barn. And she would tell me all about it. And then at our church, they had... It was like a post-VBS celebration. She came there with some people from our church to like bring her small pony that the kids could ride. Oh, so I got I to for- hang out with her. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Pretty interesting. I was like, Naomi? <laughs> <laughs> Why does Becky know all the Mennonites? It's <laughs> so weird. Do you, do you yeah. think the Amish know about... This is a dumb question. Do, do the Amish know about the pandemic? I mean, I offer myself to go and tell them. I feel like they do because I feel I feel that maybe the farmers market schedule might get disrupted. Oh. But I say this about the Amish at the farmers market: Don't sell me your banana bread. I can make banana bread. Oh, I do wow. get a little hot about the banana in. bread because maybe it's um, but I can make banana bread. I'll take your vegetables, your whoopie pies, but banana bread? No, thank you. Hmm. I was asking about, like, if the the Amish know about the pandemic, because I was, like, a, f- a few weeks ago, when after you went to bed, like, I was listening, or I was uh, watching Justice League. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, whatever island of warriors that Wonder Woman came from, oh. so there was a bad guy that invaded that and took something from them, and then he was going to go conquer the world with mm-hmm. it. So so the 
um, the people on the island needed to warn the rest of the world and um, that the bad guy was coming. Yeah. So they got some arrow and they just like, they shot the arrow from this island and it seems like it traveled hundreds of miles. That's that's an arrow. And it lit some kind of uh, uh, old Roman building on fire. And but then Wonder Woman then knew that the bad guy was coming. Oh, a symbolic flaming arrow. So I was like, "Wow, you have superpowers, but you can't send a text message." You know, maybe the so, Amish need a flaming arrow. Well, that's why I was like, you know, is there? How do how is how does mass communication work work in the in the? I Amish mean, you world? have your buggies, you know. Do you have like some equivalents of the flaming arrow? I I think so because yeah. this is interesting. So Dan Flesh from Efree, he was a teacher. His wife. Yeah, in Plato. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember her name. Um, oh, Beth. Beth. Yeah. She was a teacher at the Amish one-room schoolhouse. So <laughs> don't even ask why, me. Why did we never pepper her with questions? Uh, you don't want to, like, Hashtag lead with your weirdness. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, that's an overlap from the English, which I'm doing air quotes because that's how they refer to people who aren't Amish. Little tidbit. Really? Yep. Um, so they have that sort of interaction. And maybe the police could go and let them know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Because, well, I have other questions about the Amish. They have, the, but... they have their stores, you know, where they go and buy stuff at Aldi and then jack up the prices. Uh-huh. So I feel like they would know because enough of them go to the store. Interesting. Yep. All right. So next question. <laughs> if anybody's still listening. All right. <laughs> Becky, who do you follow on Instagram and why? Um, I only follow River City Church and Jen Wilkin. <laughs> That's the biggest lie. <laughs> Just kidding. So I feel like when Gracie was a baby and I was up in the middle of the night, that was when I discovered mommy blogs. And so I would be up in the middle of the night with her and I would read mommy blogs and that was how I discovered that. So even though people would say like blogging's not dead, like it's basically dead in my opinion, unless you have this huge platform and you already have one, you know, um, or you are going to come at it in a corporate way, even though you're a person. But um So a lot of people who used to blog are on Instagram. So I follow people who are bloggers. Hmm. So or who I followed because of their blogs, Hmm. if that makes sense. So I follow people for that. I follow recipe things, of course. Um, I follow. I don't follow very many celebrities. It's a pretty, it's a pretty tight list of celebrities that I follow. Um, I follow a couple of like home decorating blogs. I have to uh, even out the amount of evangelicals and Mormons that I follow. So sometimes I'll follow because a lot of the food bloggers are Mormon. And so then I actively try to follow more Christians because then the internet <laughs> thinks I'm Mormon and I get like these weird Mormon advertisements. <laughs> Wait, what are the Mormon advertisements? Like. LDS moms or like 
these are clothes you can wear into the temple. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. So ridiculous. Because I think there's just like a a disproportionate emphasis on home like within right. the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints but it's like still like helpful things with like home life or ideas or you know recipes or whatever and I think because maybe as like an evangelical like my home is important and hospitality is important but that's not how I'm going to run my planet after I die you know what I mean so I do think there's like a disproportionate yeah. thing with that right. so yeah I do and I have a high value for following funny people yeah obviously well who do you follow that's funny <sighs> well some of the Mormons are kind of funny well you mentioned um, Jamie was, Nato yeah Jamie Nato from she's Austin. really funny um, I follow her I'm trying to think of who else is funny um, anybody who posts memes I think is pretty funny <laughs> uh trying to think of who's funny i don't know there's this one woman i follow and she has three grown daughters so i just think that their family's interesting to follow because they're like us in 15 years you know what i mean like that kind of thing so yeah Yeah. i feel like this isn't as interesting as it could have been sorry i who do you follow on instagram uh some people from river city church yeah. And Jen Wilkin. Yeah. And I think that's about it. Do you follow any famous people? <laughs> um No, I don't. I'm really? really I'm really boring on Instagram. So huh. I don't I think it was a man. There was a friend of mine from college named uh Lindsay Nelson who recently mm-hmm. followed me. And um, I haven't been in touch with Lindsay in years and years. If she's listening to this, thanks for the follow. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I was just like, man, the joke's on her because I'm the boring, most boring follower. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I don't post anything anymore. So yeah. sorry, well, Lindsay. I remember you saying that like when you'd have an old high school friend follow you on or friend you on Facebook and you would say, you should follow Becky because she'll post pictures of our kids, you know? So I have, you know, like your friend Heather from high school. <laughs> yeah. She's my Facebook friend because you said, like, oh, follow Becky. She'll post what you're interested in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah, I guess. Which, by the way, um, I can't remember if we talked about this on another podcast, but so the garden garage, like the girls yeah. have been, like, digging around in there in the mm-hmm. storage bins and everything. Nah, we don't care. So they found my school book that my yes. mom... Kind of scrapbookish. You know, yeah, yeah, so... Oh, yeah, because we talked about that because it was a like cystic fibrosis bike-a-thon. Yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, but so there was... Um, we were digging out my report cards in there. Right. And, um, yeah, those were... So they had a bunch of things like shows effort, does, doesn't show effort. But, and, like, I was surprised. I thought I did a lot of effort back then. Oh, they didn't think so? Not really. Oh, they didn't think you lived up to your potential? Yeah, it was like they were pretty average to slightly above average on my effort. Really? Yeah. Huh. So I thought it was enough effort that I put in to like have perfect attendance all those years. I can't even with your perfect (laughs) attendance. (laughs) I would get invited to these like... 
Come to the River Falls <laughs> Middle School and High School Award Banquets. Oh, my gosh. And so I would come and then, like, they'd be giving out math awards and science <laughs> awards and, like, all these academic <laughs> achievements and scholarships and everything. And then it's, like, at the very end, like, whoever got... Here's the the fools who showed up every, every day. day. Aaron, come on up again. It was like the only thing I would ever get. Well, the funniest thing was how, because your mom saved all of the letters of commendation for your perfect attendance, and it was literally the same letter, just yeah. like a different date on it, yeah, word it. for word. Yeah, we know that in hindsight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But hey, good job yeah. showing up. Yeah. You made the effort to get there, but barely not in class. My prom, my mom's probably not listening to this. I'll tell this story. So, like, she was saying... <laughs> she was saying... So, if we woke up in the morning... When I say we, I mean, like, I, it was me. I don't know. You Well, and your sister. Yeah, I think yeah. she had a good attendance, attendance too. Oh, so, sure. if we woke up in the morning and we did not feel good... You couldn't just stay home from school. No, no, no. So they would make an emergency appointment at the doctor to bring me in. And the doctor would check me out, diagnose me with whatever they needed to diagnose me with, whatever. um, Get meds. Say I'm all good. Whatever. Okay. And then at the end of the appointment, my mom would look at the doctor and say, but is he well enough to go to school? Can he go to school? And the doctor would be like, be like yeah, I mean, he technically can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, so then I'd go to school. Oh, so this, this process was so arduous <laughs> that I would just like, if you woke up in the morning and didn't feel good, it would just be like, I'm just going to school, even though right. I don't feel good. And she wore you down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was her inten- original no, intention, but that was no. the fruit of it. So, like, I went to school with bronchitis multiple times and, like, you know, and just <laughs> so a bunch funny. of stuff. And it's just, like, it's just not worth the effort. So that's how well, I got perfect attendance for, like, literally all of my – I missed one day. No, missed... Well, you had an appendectomy, wasn't that one? No, I didn't miss school for that. What? Was it during spring break or something? It was three days before my freshman year of high school. I got an appendectomy, oh. so I had my pen. and this is back when the surgery was really rough. Yeah. Like they like, um, they vertically Ugh. like did the incisions yeah. and cut you. I don't know. It's just now it's just like an outpatient surgery. No, right? No, that's not. No. Um, yeah, this is back in the olden days. Back so like, you know, like I couldn't really walk. <laughs> And I went to school because oh you just went to school. And I mean, to be fair, <laughs> could you imagine trying to tell the girls like, "Oh, you're gonna miss your first day of school"? They would have wanted, they would want to go, oh, but you probably. Didn't. I would have loved to miss my first day of school <laughs> and every other day as well. Oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah. So there's that. <laughs> my gosh. So, that's anyway. Funny. So there's that. Um, hey, anything else you want to add? No, but I have a question for you. Sure. What's your favorite Star Wars movie and why? Okay, so that was a mailbag That's question. a mailbag question. That was a mailbag question. So, um, controversially, oh. uh, The Last Jedi, okay. episode eight, okay. which you either love that movie or you 
hate it. Oh. And I love it. Because I am not a Star Wars traditionalist. I think it has great writing. I think it has great storyline and plot structure. I think, like, the overwhelming majority of the scenes are rewatchable. I think, um, man, I... I, I get choked up, like, you Aww. know, in the last half hour of the movie. Yeah. It's like, it's re- the throne room scene where, like, they just, like, yeah, it's really cool. What's that one called? But then again? some Star Wars Star Wars traditionalists are like, oh, it's like, it's not like New Hope. I'm like, okay, sure, cool. I'm like, that's New Hope? That sounds like a church name. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Star Wars movie is Return of the Jedi. Why is that? I remember seeing it in the movie theater. We didn't go to the movie theater a lot growing up because it was expensive, you know, and we were just like, and I remember seeing it and um, loving it. And I even had a, a Return of the Jedi comic book. Whoa, wait yep. a minute. Where did the comic book come from? I don't know. But I got it and but- I loved it. And I we would play Return of the Jedi I was in denial that Luke and Leia were brother and sister, and I wanted them to get married. Really? Yeah. So you were really... I was real into it. I had short hair, and I really wanted to do the buns. I loved Return of the Jedi. So was the Ewoks, the same... I think that was a draw for me as a kindergartner. Oh, yeah. I mean, when Gracie watched that movie, I mean, she was just, like, wanting to hug every Ewok yeah, out there. can't blame her. So was this at the same time period as... Being really into Laura Ingalls Wilder. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Prob- no. No. It was before that. <laughs> because I started reading Little House on the Prairie in second grade. Because I remember sitting in the hallway because I had finished my work early, and I was reading On the Banks of Plum Creek, the third book. And my first grade teacher walked by, and I saw her coming, and I held up the book as I was reading it so she'd see how big it was. <laughs> uh, it's like, it's like your own version of self-righteousness. When you're Look how smart I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, anyway. All right. Hey, well, thanks for an- thanks for answering those questions. You're welcome. Sorry my Instagram comments weren't more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally fine. All right. Thanks. Bye.